The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and Will Smith is not going to be on this show. He's been banned. I'm kidding. Will, if you want to be on the show, dude, let us know. Uh, we would love to have you. And, yeah. of course, you're probably going, like I would come on your dinky-ass little podcast. Yeah, what do you think about that? They banned him from attending the Oscars for 10 years. Frankly, I would think, yay, I can stay home and relax and not have to go out and do any of this movie <laughs> crap for a day. And this is such an incredible overreaction. Uh, because it was a momentary thing. It's not like he planned to, I don't know, Roman Polanski, a 16-year-old girl. Uh, you know, yes, it's, it was an overreaction on his part. But don't you think a 10-year ban and canceling film projects is a little bit of an overreaction on the part of the film industry? Considering, considering the crap that that industry has allowed for decades – Literally since the birth of the film industry, and you're banning this guy for t 10 years from attending, and you're canceling film projects because he lost his mind momentarily and apologized 20 minutes later, not to the specific person he should have apologized to, but he apologized for his actions, and the next day he apologized to the guy, and he's go undergoing therapy for it. It's like, hmm. Y'all have bigger problems to address than the Alec fact that Baldwin guy, just killed somebody. You know, and he's and, allowed to show up. You know, and, and and of course he didn't intend to do that. But there are bigger problems in the film industry than someone getting pissed off and slapping somebody. Let's be fair. I've wanted to slap Chris Rock for years. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's not surprising that it happened to Chris Rock. Should it have happened to Chris Rock? No, it shouldn't. But, you know, it's like Don Rickles. How many times should Don Rickles have been slapped? Don Rickles, like, I'm Alex. amazed, wasn't shot by Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Well, Frank Sinatra slapped him a, lot, a little hard a few times. But, you know, this, this, oh, my God, this is such a horrible thing. It's like. Get they're over your self-righteous bullshit. I don't know what the hell they're th thinking, but it's like they feel like, oh, we have to take a stance against violence. Meanwhile, how many people – you looked at any of your movies? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that film violence promotes violence, but, but at the same time, mm, really? Are you, are you really anti-violence? Have you really done everything you can? about sexual assault in the film industry. This guy, come off it. Just just stop this bullshit. I am so, so pissed off about I was like, oh look. It, like look look what we can do. I I'm I'm really wondering if Steven Spielberg had slapped him, would Steven Spielberg be banned for ten years? Frankly, I think the slap looked I love you, Will, kinda weak. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, uh, oh, they look, they staged a slap. No, I, don't and, think I don't think I staged it at all. But because. Well, yeah, now that I know the thing behind it, I just saw the slap first and went, that looks staged. I've seen realer looking stuff in the WWE. And that's the WWE. Chris Rock, Chris Rock is lucky that Will didn't punch him. Frankly. I think that would have made more sense for all the 
crap that's come up afterward. Yeah. It's just it's just unbelievable how I was like, oh, look, people are talking about this so we can focus their attention on this one little thing as opposed to millions of actual problems with the film industry like unequal pay and people still waiting for paychecks from films that they did 10 years ago because of the way they do their accounting. There are thousands of things that are wrong with the film industry that they refuse to address because those things cost money. Yeah. Like whatever. We still love the movies, but the industry overall is pretty shitty. Can't really argue with that. Actually, I'll I'll throw this in just for fun. Picard is getting a third season. We knew that it's going to be the final season. So, of course, they're getting back the main seven from the next generation. You know, Worf, Jordy, uh, Riker, Troy, um, Anyway, they're getting them back. And I thought, that's great. I'm looking forward to seeing Dr. Crusher. However, we are not getting Will Wheaton so far. Uh, He has been left off the list. And there's been an outcry on Twitter. We want Will Wheaton to come back to play Wesley Crusher. No, it's going to be Will Smith. (laughs) Sure, why not? Um, (laughs) But there's also been an outcry to get Dr. Pulaski back. No, I'm saying this definitively now. I will slap anyone who says we need to get Pulaski back. No, no, you don't. She was shit on the show to begin with. And she's 83 now. I doubt she's gotten any better. She is one of those those people that you remember when she was on L.A. Law and she had that big thing where she's going to die on that show in L.A. Law. And they 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 put they pushed her down an elevator shaft. That is the only show of L.A. Law I ever watched, and that is the reason I watched it. (laughs) You you really like this actress. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. No, we are not getting her back. She there was a thing in one of the uh, one of the Star Trek novels, and I absolutely loved this. Basically. The plot of the novel, and I've forgotten what the name of it is. It's written by Peter David. You can look it up. I think it might be called Vengeance. I'm not sure. Uh, the Doomsday Device from the original series, the big cornucopia of doom thing, right? That was yeah. the prototype. The new one comes back and is attacking uh, the next generation stuff. And the first ship that encounters it has Dr. Pulaski on it, who is in it for <laughs> like one line. And basically, the captain of the ship sees this thing, recognizes it for what it is, and hits the red alert button. And then there's a communication from sickbay. Captain, if you're going to hit red alert, you need to alert sickbay so we'll know to expect casualties. Dr. Pulaski, that's what red alert means, you twit. Now shut up, I'm busy. And that is the extent of her in the novel, and I loved it. (laughs) That's hilarious. It's brilliant. I loved it. I do not want her back on my screen in any capacity. I don't care if you do kill her off. I saw that once. I'm good now. Thank you. Anyway, that's my rant for the week. Um, Maldor will not be joining us next week, clearly. No. 
she'll be on with Will Smith, so he can slide. You know, um, next story. Yes. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, speaking of old things, and no, this is not Robert Downey Jr. being old. He is going to produce two series for HBO Plus that take place in the world of his, and this is the old part, Sherlock Holmes series. Do you remember those Possibly. movies? I barely remember those. Possibly fun. They're fun movies, but to me, they were. <clears throat> and, and not Sherlockian? Disagree. They were horribly miscast. They had the right people, they were just playing the wrong parts. Jude Law is Sherlock Holmes. Robert Downey Jr. is Dr. Watson, but they didn't do that way that way because <laughs> Downey RDJ is the bigger star, so that's what they did. It's like <sighs> would have worked so much better. I mean, they're fun, but to me, they're just kind of they're they're just fluff. And I know a lot of people yeah. love them because they're RDJ, but it's like just switch the casting. What are you doing? Because Robert Downey Jr. does not embody any of the qualities of Sherlock Holmes other than being smart and a little sarcastic. But Jude Law portrays that in a much more Sherlockian manner in every version you've ever seen of Sherlock Holmes other than RDJ. So, again, that's the way Hollywood works. It's like, well, we can't put the star in this in the sidekick role. We got to put him here. It's like – you screwed up the movies. Those movies could have been great if they just switched the damn casts. But no, we can't do it that way. You know, cool that he's producing these. Be interesting to see who plays Sherlock. If Sherlock's even in it, who knows what they're going to be. That, maybe, that's a good maybe, idea. Maybe it's just going to be about the, the, the irregulars, the kids. It's like that actually could be an interesting movie or series or series of series is whatever. But, uh, you know. There, there are so many movies that come out that, oh, that was fun. And two weeks later, you're thinking, what was that movie I saw? To me, those, those, both of those movies are, are fit in that category. Actually, you mentioned the miscasting, and I had meant to put this story in, but it's not in my notes, so bear with me. Uh, miscasting Ezra Miller as The Flash. <laughs> They're talking about removing him as The Flash because of yeah, his... Extra extra movie activities. They may be they may be decasting Ezra Miller, and yeah. and the studio has put out one statement stating no, there's no truth to those rumors, blah blah blah. But there's an awful lot of smoke there's there. An awful lot of talk about it. Yeah, and it's interesting that and a lot of people won't remember this movie, but we have to talk about Kevin, or I believe it's we need to talk about Kevin, where he played the troubled youth in that movie, which is a really really good movie, probably the best movie he's ever been in. And he's great in that role. I was like, I wonder if he took method acting too far and he just decided to keep being that character. Uh, <laughs> now, that character was really troubled far more than anything Ezra Miller is even alleged to have done. But he is alleged to have gotten into uh, several bar fights. Again, this is not like a momentary thing where someone pissed you off once. This is just a series of things, allegedly, where you're just going off the rails, and it's a pattern of behavior, allegedly. So, you know, I like him as the Flash. I don't particularly care for that take on the Flash, but I like him. But there are literally dozens of actors who could replace him as the Flash. Which well, a lot of people are wanting Grant Gustin to take it over. Yeah, which would make sense because, hello, the guy's been playing The Flash. But 
I, and again, Grant Gustin is like, okay, fine. As, I, and I've I've seen the TV show, and I don't really like the DC. And I know that's not part of the Arrowverse, but that whole concept because they typically screw up those characters and the plot lines. I don't think they do a very good job on their live action shows. But he's he's he does a good job as the Flash. But a lot of people could play the Flash. It's not like he's not like an iconic portrayal like Christopher Reeves. Like, right. Okay, there's lots of dudes who could play that character. So hopefully, if the rumors are true, he gets his life together. That's the big thing. I don't really care if he if they pull him out of the Flashpoint movie or all the rest of it. It's like I, you know, because I'm afraid they're just going to screw it up. Because we've seen a version of it, and it's fantastic. It's animated, but it's fantastic. They're, they're going to be hard-pressed to do that story better. And fine, replace him if you feel you need to replace him. But hopefully this dude gets some help, again, if all these things are true. And he figures out what the hell he's doing. He's still young. I have no idea how old he is, but I'm guessing he's like barely 32 or something, right? So <clears throat> That's how old like Grant Gustin is. It's not like he's old and decrepit like Will Smith. So, dude. Grant Gustin, or I'm sorry, Ezra Miller is 29. Oh, yeah, he's not, not even 30. So, if you need to, get your stuff together, dude. Uh, let's see. I wanted to ask you about another movie that I heard is coming. <clears throat> and I did not know there were, there's already been a movie of, of, of this story. I had to read the book in college, and I'll be honest, I didn't care for the book. The movie was be, be, not because it was a bad book. It was because, it, to me, it was really depressing, and I think it's kind of supposed to be. It's called The Color Purple. I was going to say, Ironweed, Ironweed. <laughs> yes, I've heard they're um, doing so The Color Purple again. There, there's a musical version of this? Question yes. mark? Yes. All right, and that's what they're making the movie of. So here's another musical for them to get wrong, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah the play's been out for several years, I know. So it, it, uh, I, it, I don't take it, no one take that personally that I am unfamiliar with it. I don't keep up with Broadway. Nor do I. Which I'm guessing is where it is. Yeah, I just happen to know that they they did a musical version of it. Um, yeah, interesting. Not not the happiest story. Of course, not every story doesn't have to be happy. So not arguing that. And, and and again, this is one of those, you know, it's a classic film. Should we remake those? It's like, but I don't think it's a perfect film. Like some films, Casablanca, that's perfect. You don't remake Casablanca, but there are very few films that fit in that category. Color Purple, especially since this is a different take on it, since this is a musical like I'm fine with them as long as they do a good job. As long as they don't make it West Side Story, you know. I, I hope have the characters speak in Swahili for like a third of the dialogue, and there's no subtitles, so you have no clue what they're saying. Like in West Side Story, brilliant decision, Steve. Way to go. That still pisses me off. That's still one of the stupidest things I can think of that's ever been done in a movie. Let's have the characters speak in Spanish, but we're not going to put subtitles. So if you don't know Spanish, you don't know what they say because, you know, they're just Puerto Rican. Who cares what they're saying? You'll get the idea. That's literally what it says to me. That's To me, that's absolutely disgusting. 
I'll not anyway, argue yay, that. Anyway, color purple. Yeah, color purple the musical. Maybe it'll be everything and everywhere all at once to somebody. Maybe it will be, which would be really tricky. Uh, yes, there is a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is by the Daniels, which is Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. So they go by the Daniels because they're Daniels. Um, this is one of the strangest movies I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot of Nick Cage movies. This is still this is still one of the strangest movies I have ever seen. It it is a multiverse film, but it has nothing to do with Marvel or DC or anything like that, which is good. It's its own film. It, basically, Michelle Yeoh plays the lead, which makes me so happy because she's such a great actress. And she is the lead, finally. It's like, oh, my God, we have an English language film, and Michelle Yeoh gets to be the star. About freaking time. So she plays a businesswoman, wife, runs a Chinese laundry. Her husband loves her very much, but they're just struggling. They're just having a difficult time. And so you've got this family family dynamic, and her she struggles in a relationship with her daughter, who's about twenty, and. It's kind of a typical family situation, except just a few minutes in, all of a sudden her husband just kind of breaks character, and now he's a different character. Now he says he's from a different universe, and he's been searching for her through countless universes, and she's the only person who can save all the universes. And, of course, her reaction is like, what the hell are you talking about? What is wrong with you? So turns out, yeah, that's really what's going on. He's really from the Alphaverse, which was the first universe to make contact with other universes and realize that there are other universes. And she is the only person who can stop the villain from destroying all of the universes. And, of course, she doesn't buy into this very quickly. But gradually, it's the path of her figuring out, oh, my God, this is real, and learning how to jump into the different universes and pick up the skills that she knows from her other selves in different universes. And, of course, it's Michelle Yeoh, so some of her skills happen to uh, be martial arts because it's Michelle Yeoh. So there are a fairly large number of fight scenes, which are excellent. There are uh, – mm, there are some fight scenes. This is rated R for a reason, and it's not just the violence. There are some fight scenes uh, with, uh, I'll just say, long, rubbery adult toys involved in place of nunchucks. There are, yes, there are fight scenes involved with, okay, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Let me set the stage. One of the protagonists, antagonists, sorry, is Jamie Lee Curtis, and she plays an IRS agent because they're getting audited. And that's part – that's more kind of a recurring theme in this is she's their auditor, and she has these awards behind her as the agent of the year. And they are very obviously these conical devices that are designed to be inserted into someone's rear end for mm-hmm. the purposes of, of, of pleasure. Uh, and she has a series of these, and of course a few people on it and saw those, and they're just like cracking up, and some – People didn't because they either didn't get it or didn't think it was funny. 
It's hilarious. Uh, those are involved in fight scenes later because you have to do something to snap yourself into another universe, and that's the method some people are using to snap themselves into the other universe to gain their skills. So, yes, there are fight scenes involved with people wearing those devices throughout the fight scene. Like, this movie is so absolutely bonkers in so many ways. It is extremely funny when it's supposed to be funny. It's full of action when it's full of action. And at the same time, really what it is, it's a family drama about relationships, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy as hell. Uh, great cast. Michelle Yeoh, like I said. Um, a, a couple surprises in the cast. Remember the guy who played – the little kid who played Short Round? Yes. He plays the – He's got a job. Yeah. Yay. Yes, he is. He is. And I just lost his name. I'm sorry. There we Kehu Kwan. And I'm probably butchered. Sorry, sir. But he played romantic leader for the husband. kind of a weak, ineffectual character. The film goes on. You realize that he has more strengths than you you realize. Oh, guy who's is in the Alphaverse, he's a different character. But he still doesn't come across as like a super badass or anything. Uh, although he does have his moment of shining with fighting skills. Um, and I know you remember the immortal Lo Pan from Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yes. James Hong. He is in this as her father. It turns out James Hong is working more now than he ever has. I was looking at his credits, and he's done – I think he's done voice work on about two dozen movies in the past three or four years. I mean this guy, wow. he's 93. He's 93 years old, and he is crushing it, man. <laughs> like, and he's he's great in this movie. He's really, really good in this movie. Uh, everybody is good. Um, I really, really enjoyed this film. It, you have to go into this film with the most open mind you've ever had in your life because it's going to be a little hard to track at times. There are really serious, deep themes here that they, that they explore quite a bit, and there are some ludicrous, absolutely insane things like you're waiting for Nick Cage to show up. Uh, he, he does not, but it, it's it's like the most insane Nick Cage movie you've ever seen. And I really, really like this movie. Uh, I'm not feeling great today, but if I wasn't if I was feeling better, I may actually go back and see this. Uh, well, I'll probably go back and see it later this week because man, this movie is so so good, and it's going to disappear from theaters fairly soon because it's not the kind of movie that's going to make a ton of money at the box office, but man, this movie is terrific. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, man, so good. I believe it's listed as an action, adventure, fantasy, comedy. There were like two other things too, but they left off family drama, and that's in there too. So, oh yeah, and there's romance as well. So, <sighs> Got a little bit of everything. Just about everything. And very the casting is just that's just so cool. Uh, just a great great movie. So happy. I would say 
even though it's really early, I would say this is one of going to be one of the 10 best movies of 2022. Just so good. Ooh. I unfortunately don't have anything recent, but it, you know, it doesn't go back that far. I think it started in 2011. Yes, I'm doing a TV series uh, that I liked for a, a while. I'll explain. It's called Grimm. And it was very popular for a while, and it's kind of tailed off a bit, mainly because I don't think it's on, nor is it on anywhere other than Amazon Prime. But let me tell you about this a bit. It's a, basically, it's a cop show set in Portland, which is somewhere I don't think we've set a cop show yet, uh, where we followed homicide detective Nick Burthart, played by David, and I'm going to butcher this, Giantoli. See, that could be correct probably horribly wrong although i do think he would make a really good cyclops in the upcoming mcu movies hint hint anyway he discovers that he <laughs> is a grim now what's a grim a grim is basically a uh, genetically it's a hunter of vessen vessen being a german word for creature yes get used to german there's a lot of it in this series because it's based on grim's fairy tales which in this series existed and still continue to exist, except the beasties from the story hide among us. Now, Nick can see them sometimes because he's a grim. His his detective partner, Hank Griffin. Griffin? Isn't that another one of the beasties? Get used to that. They do it a lot. He can't, <laughs> even when he's eventually told what's going on. Uh, thing You get things like, is that one of the things? Yes. Can I kill it? Yes. Go right ahead. Bang. It, it's a thing. <laughs> Uh, his captain can see them, but I think that's mainly because, a little bit of a spoiler, but it happens in episode three. Come on. He's one of them. <laughs> Ooh, who knew? Ah. Anyway, most of the Vessen are afraid of the Grimms, either it being Nick or any of the others that show up in the series, because the, if a Grim shows up and finds out that you're a Vessen, they kill them, whether you're a good one or a bad one, whatever. Nick, however, is trying to take a more peaceful, uh, we-can-all-live-together kind of take to it. Now, he does go after the homicidal ones, but there's a lot of non-homicidal ones throughout the series, like Monroe, a clock-making bot, which I mispronounced probably, uh, which is basically a werewolf, or Rosalie Calvert, who is a Fuschbau. See, I told you lots of German, but that she's like a fox. And actually, <clears throat> sorry. Anyway... <laughs> For the most part, it is just it, it's a it's a it's a homicide murder mystery series, which is fun because every so often you get things like he was killed by one of these he was killed by a beastie. It's it's one of these things in German. How are we supposed to arrest that? Uh, I don't know, and they find interesting ways around that. <laughs> so it's kind of fun, but I do have some issues with it. Um. Some of them are practical, some of them are not. When the the uh, when the Vessen get upset, they do something called voguing. No, not like Madonna. <laughs> Basically, their face shimmers for a little bit, and they turn into whatever they are. And Nick can that is the time that Nick can see them, and then they shimmer back, and that's fine. But when they do it, it's a computer generated thing, and they. They're not there yet. Gotcha. You can, I mean, you can tell, ooh, that guy's a wolf thing, so he's a bloop bot. 
fine, but it it's not it's not really good. It would it would help if they had practical effects. I understand that doing it with a computer is easier uh, to mix everything together, but it would be a lo look a lot better if it was a practical effect. I'm just saying. Now, Todd, you and I are are, are not spring chickens. So yeah. we remember when TV could do shows and have it be a scene at night, but it was still lit so you could see what the hell was going on. Yes. Okay, Culture. these guys Thank apparently you. learned from DC Comics. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, th this is a note to everybody in the TV industry. Stop doing that. I mean, there's no point in filming this huge, elaborate fight scene if we can't see it. Yeah, there is. That way you can't tell how bad the fight scene is choreographed. Badly. <sighs> or how bad the special effects are. It's irritating. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Irritating. Other couple other little things I had with this, like Monroe. Now, you notice I'm, I gave everybody full names here, except Monroe. That's because he has no last name or no first name. We're not sure because he's missing one of the two. I have looked it up in a number of places and he doesn't have a name. His name is just Monroe. I'm like, you can you can give us something else with that. He's just Monroe. To me, that's just a personal irritant. It's like now, Sting, the wrestler or the artist. That's different. One of them <laughs> one of them is named no, Steve no, no. Gordon. No, 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 no. They were both born Sting. Don't ruin my fantasy. The other one's named Gordon. And if you're named Gordon, I can see changing your name. Um, I'm just Interesting kidding. That they're both named Gordon. There's a there's more parallels there than we thought. Uh, Matter of fact, have you ever have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? No, you have not. Do they both have blonde hair? Yes. Well, sometimes. Yes, they do. <laughs> they're the same person. All right. I, I, sorry. I for some reason. <laughs> I, I was Sorry. picturing the wrestler and the guy from Sesame Street and went, they have blonde hair? What? <laughs> That's a different Gordon. <laughs> One of them bald or shaves his head either way. Anyway, Grim, <clears throat> not to be confused with Gordon. Um, it gets a little convoluted toward the end of season four. So seasons one through three, I think are really good. Halfway through season four, it gets a bit weird. Now, it does have an Emmy win and 17 nominations, hopefully not for makeup, because there really isn't any. Um, <laughs> and I think my only real issue with the series, and uh, this is a plot point, if anyone gets pregnant in the series, it lasts about three episodes. Hmm. Even though, ooh, we'll go do that next week. Oh, I'm pregnant. My water broke. Damn, really? That? How did you do that? And, and my wife is watching this with me and going, how did it go that quick? And why didn't I get one of those? Because <laughs> they're vessant. It, it could be a vessant thing. I don't know. Anyway, it, it's, it's a good watch for seasons one through three. It's on Prime Video. So if you've got that, it's free. Go for it. Uh, if you want to buy the discs of just one through three. Go right ahead. There's, it's fun watching them try to keep everything from everybody else. Because they do that for a while. Eventually, everybody does get brought in. That's not much of a spoiler. You knew it was going to happen if it lasted this long. 
And so it's a thing. Anyway, I want to actually move us on now to something that I did not watch, but my daughter, the one who is living on her own, said she went to go see this movie this week, during which there was a power outage, and she said it improved the movie 100%. Todd, <laughs> however, has seen this movie. I have seen this movie. Oh, dear. I, I saw this movie for two reasons. One is my daughter, my daughter, egged me on saying that she quoted a line from the film, which is absolutely horrible. Turns out it was misquoted, though, not her fault, but it's just, you know, how the Internet works. It's like, oh, we screwed up the quotation. Now, if this quote had actually been in the film, this would have been absolutely horrific and not in any good way because we're talking about Morbius, the living vampire. Um, the line as delivered, and I'm going to paraphrase, but because towards the end of the film, this is not a spoiler because, duh, of course, he's working on something to fix the problem. He's working on an anticoagulant, meaning it's going to make blood not coagulate, to use as a weapon against the villain. And he says it's deadly to bats and lethal to humans. It was miscoded as it's deadly to bats but lethal to humans, which would be incredibly stupid because deadly and lethal are pretty much the same thing. So you wouldn't say it's lethal but deadly. That would be dumb. However, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had been in this movie because there are a lot of really stupid things in this movie. Um, <laughs> and that being said, it's getting raked over the coals in the reviews. I think it's like at 27% Rotten Tomatoes, which again – Rotten Tomatoes can be misleading because that doesn't mean all the critics who said who saw it said, oh, I would give it 2.7 out of 10 stars. It literally means that 27% of the critics said, go see it, and 73% said, don't go see it. It doesn't mean they all thought, thought it was terrible. It just means they don't recommend it. Rotten Big Tomatoes thing. currently at 17%. There you go. So 83% of the critics said don't go see it. I can totally see I can totally see that because I don't think you should go see it either. But it's not a terrible film uh, compared to, say, Wonder Woman 1984. This is a better movie than Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Woman 1994 has some egregious problems. Like you were talking about, oh, you can't see a fight scene? Uh, yeah. Let's oh, cover okay. up our horrible CGI. That's happened in Wonder Woman 1984. Not in Morbius. You can actually see the fight scenes. Even though it's about a freaking vampire, the scenes are lit well enough that you can see the fight scenes. I'm Take sorry. a lesson. Take a lesson, DC. It's like, oh my god, here's a movie about this should only be happening at night because they're vampires. Although they don't have that weakness because they're not traditional vampires. Anyway, Dr. Michael Morbius, if you don't know the story, is a brilliant biochemist, physician, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing research trying to cure the horrible blood disease that he has and his best friend who also grew up in the orphanage with him and he's trying to cure it and he does research with, with bats because why not uh that makes perfect sense so well it's because the bats vampire bats have a, a particular thing in their saliva which makes blood flow better and somehow he thinks this is gonna help his problem but whatever so of course he fools around and as the saying goes, he Fs around and finds out, and now he turns into a vampire. So, yay. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of problems with this movie. It starts off with the fact that he wins the Nobel Prize. Now, they never say that, but they show the ceremony, 
where his mentor, who was the physician who first was running this hospital that apparently he stayed at, which was also an orphanage at the same time, interesting, uh, is the one who presents him with this prize on behalf of the king of Sweden, blah, blah, blah. And obviously it's the, the Nobel Prize. And then a little later, his girlfriend, confidant, friend who is also an md says that oh yeah you got the Nobel prize not nobel prize the Nobel prize is like and that's one of those things where i really wish i could rewind it it's like did she really say noble and could it be a copyright it? issue and that's what made me wonder because then later on he's talking about all the people of scandinavia instead of the people of sweden and although they hated say the king of sweden so did you know, it's not really clear is if this is deliberate and they just didn't bother to clear it to say the Nobel Prize, which is weird because you hear that term used in movies a lot. And it's not like Sony doesn't have the money to uh, do things. And again, this is a Sony picture, not a Marvel picture. There's a theme that runs through all of the Spider-Verse films that are not the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies because those three films – Sony worked to deal with Marvel because Marvel said, we want to use Spider-Man. Sony said, okay, help us make these movies and make them good movies, and Marvel did. What are the three Spider-Man movies that are worth anything? The first, the first two originals with Tobey Maguire are good. The third one sucks. The two with Andrew Garfield, not very good. Venom, one of those movies is like you watch it two weeks later. What did I watch? I haven't even watched let there be carnage just because I can't make myself care. Uh, <laughs> and and here's here's another one. It's like and it's not that it's bad, it's just that it's not good. It's like they have no concept. Whoever is running the Spider-Verse, they have no clue what the hell they're doing. They can't recognize a good script. They can't recognize a good director. When when they asked the director uh, about the horrible reviews he's getting, his quote was I have a lot of self-hate. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, now okay. we have hate for you, too. Maybe you should have told Sony that before you got involved with this picture, dude. You know, And again, it's not that it's a terrible movie. It's just, it's just a bad movie. And the whole concept that they're doing is like, well, we don't have the rights to any heroes in the Marvel Universe other than Spider-Man. So because we want to make money... We're just going to use all the villains, and we're going to get movies about the villains. And yes, Venomous becomes something of an anti-hero, and Morbius goes back and forth. Who cares about Morbius as a character? Literally, the only reason I saw this movie is because we do this show. Other than that – We watch movies so you don't have to. Exactly. There's no way in hell I would have gone to see this movie because I don't even care about the character. I didn't even stay because I actually watched this before because I knew I would need an antidote. Ha ha. To this, and I watched this before I watched everything everywhere all at once. So I had to leave that screening so I didn't stay for the end credit scene, which, spoiler, Michael Keaton is in it as the vulture, and apparently there's a lot of nonsensical stuff, which fits in with the whole movie. It's, again, it's not a terrible movie. Uh, you know, watch it when it finally shows up on streaming and you don't have to pay anything for it. I don't even know if it's worth a 99 cent rental if it's unspecial. You know, if you got nothing to do, fine. Watch it. 
Uh, Jared Leto is kind of weird. Shocker. <sighs> um, no. Yeah, Matt Smith. I don't care for Matt Smith at all. I just don't care for him as an actor. Um, the few reviews that have been positive say it was like, well, Matt Smith is good in it. And it's like, mm, is he? I mean, he just chews up the scenery more than a than a vampire. Spoiler: he turns into a vampire guy too. Uh, I don't feel bad about making giving any spoilers for this film because you really shouldn't watch the movie. Um, <clears throat> he chews up the scenery intensely. And you can tell he was having fun making the movie. He's like, I'm glad somebody was because no one's having fun watching the movie. And, and again, it's not that it's awful, but it's just not, not good. And if there's just no point in making the movie other than to make money. <clears throat> it's not really a very – even a very interesting story, uh, which is sad because it could have been really, really interesting. And it's just the character has this conflict between because he's developed artificial blood, and that's what he get, That's why he gets the Nobel Prize for de- developing artificial blood. <clears throat> and he has to drink blood to keep from turning into this ravenous, horrible vampire creature. And it gradually wears. It becomes less effective over time, and the, the clock is running. It starts off; it's good for six hours. And he wears a Casio. Notably, Casio is prominent is featured prominently here, so I hope they paid like five or six million dollars for that. He checks his Casio, and it's like, oh, let's start the countdown again. And then it's down to four hours and twenty minutes, and four hours and twenty-two minutes. But then magically, at, at one point in the film, he gets down to the point where he only has like a day and a half left, even though it's been apparently a few weeks and it only went from six hours to four hours and 22 minutes but now it's really running out and he's gonna have to drink human blood and he's struggling with the fact that he has to do that it's like i get that but they that should have been the the central point of the film and it isn't that could have made it an interesting film to actually make it about an actual emotion like how do you deal with the fact that you've turned yourself into a monster and they just kind of just act like well that's a fun little plot point. We'll just mention it. I was like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, this could have been like a beautiful version of Jekyll and Hyde, you know, where, where you're actually talking about a serious theme, but because Sony is ruining it, running it, they just like, eh, whatever. Like, we'll just mention that. It's like, so pathetic. That's what's frustrating is when Sony does these films, they just punt them because they don't know what the hell they're doing other than spider-man into the spider-verse because apparently they just told the guys it's like hey make your movie we're not going to get involved that's clearly what happened because that's a great movie that that was the best thing i saw in morbius was a trailer for spider-man across the spider-verse that looks fantastic that's coming out october 22nd 2022 i'm looking forward to that morbius not so much. Not so much. Okay, wanted to ask you this. They said Morbius had a lot of setbacks in production, and they blame it on the on COVID. And I get that. Um, although you mentioned he was working with bats, do you think he created COVID to lengthen the production time of the movie? No, that's not actually what I wanted to ask you. Um, <laughs> Should have. They keep they kept pushing it back and pushing it back until it could be released on. April 1st, 2022. Do you think it's actually a, an April Fool's joke? 
It's an expensive April Fool's joke, that's for sure. I, it's doing okay at the box office. I don't know if it's going to get to the point because I don't know what their budget was. I'm sure it was pretty high. If they're, I'm sure eventually they're going to make their money back once you count, you know, video sales and all the rest of it. But it's not going to be a huge blockbuster. And no. I mean, Venom was just absolutely insane how much money Venom made. But I mean, there's a difference between. The, the fandom of Venom and Morbius. I mean, I know a lot of people who like Venom. I've seen Venom t-shirts for decades. You know anybody yeah. who wears a Morbius t-shirt? Uh, most people don't even know who the hell Morbius is. I mean, that was just an odd, odd choice to begin with. <clears throat> I mean, Leto is okay in the role. He actually is. He's. I would. I would go so far as to say he actually does a fairly good job. Uh, Matt Smith is just – I guess they just told him just just roll with it and, and be over the top because he is. But again, I don't really care for the actor. But it, it's just – as always, it's just the script, and the script is bad. Uh, I, but I do give him credit. You can see fight scenes, and that's impressive when fight scenes are happening like underground and – a lot of fight scenes are at night, but you can still see what the hell is going on. So I, I give them credit for that. They didn't do the cop out as like, well, we're going to hide our crappy special effects by making it so damn dark you can't see what's going on. Mm. So, you know, again, this would to me, this would fit in kind of lower. Well, I, I don't even know if it would be the lower third of the DC movies, which is how bad the damn DC movies are overall. Ouch. But, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I mean those movies are trash for the most part. Um, but no, I wouldn't recommend you go see it. I don't know if it's as I don't know if I would say that when the power went out that it improved the movie, but I can definitely see that as a legitimate comment for sure too. Oh my god, that's, she, that might she be posted the best that on Facebook ever. and it went, "I'm stealing that. It's my daughter. <laughs> I'm allowed." Absolutely, that's great. <laughs> Actually, one last thing about Grimm I forgot to mention because you mentioned Casio all over Morbius. Uh, apparently, everyone in Grimm loves their Apple products. Oh God, one of those things. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm amazed there was not an Apple car at some point because <laughs> they could have funded it. <laughs> there were apples everywhere, everything, all at once. Because that's there was just all apples. See, I'm going backwards through the stuff we went in the show. Some of the apples were colored purple and made by Robert Downey Jr. No, I'm I'm kidding. We'll just get Will Smith to slap them all. That's it. We have gone come full circle, gone there and back. That's a show. Right? It is. Okay. And by uh, the way, yes. I to Ted in pre-pro. Hi, Ted. Ha <laughs> ha. We got it in. Yep. Okay. Our work here is done. Tune in next week when we have, uh, yeah, more stuff. We don't know what yeah. it is yet. We're not there. You know, we're not Good everywhere night. and everything all at once. Uh, there is, however, still COVID. It still exists. If you're going outside, wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Exactly. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone.
storm. That's the end.